Good evening. Welcome to Pardon Confusion. This is your host tonight for the very first time, Travis Greer. Uh, Paul and Ernest, they have finally stripped off the red shirt off my back. I've been uh, participating in Pardon the Confusion for almost a year now, and they're, they've given me the reins to host a podcast. We're going to have a great podcast, and I'm going to have some fun. As we were talking before, uh, some Southern terms that we have just discussed and burning a hole in your pocket. That's kind of why we're starting a little bit later this evening. Have you ever heard the term burn the hole in your pocket? And Paul, just to introduce you, when's the last time you had some cash in your pocket that you just had to spend something on, and what was it? Well, before I get to that, um, if you've listened to the show, you probably figured out I'm a minister. And in North Carolina, one time I came up to the church, and some guys were outside talking, and they were smoking. And when they saw me, for some reason, they felt the conviction of God, and they threw their cigarette in their pocket and so that gives you a whole another definition of a hole, burning a hole in your pocket. Um, I was tempted just to sit there and talk to him for a long time to see what would happen, but I didn't. I, I went inside and just kept on going. Um, so burning a hole in my pocket was me as a kid when I had an extra two bucks or something and wanted to go down to the store. And one of the coolest things I got was this water pressure rocket and Ernest will remember this where you got this plastic rocket with a little valve pump and you built you poured the water in there and you pumped it up with pressure air pressure and then you released it and it would go up in the air a little bit and maybe more um, so that's what I remember and Ernest's uh, sister actually helps out with NASA so she's been helping out with a lot of rockets these days and that's I right had one, yep. I have one of those also I, with the little the uh, fins would point in opposite directions, and you would, I think it was pump it 10 times. Oh, I went 20, was, man, 20. 20. Well, you know, the problem was the air forced the water out as propulsion, and you'd get drenched <laughs> when it took off in your hand. you get splattered all the time. Yeah. Right? A Definitely a good price. summer outdoor. Yeah. I was crueler. I would get ants and tape them and make them astronauts. I would take little ants and tape them, which would throw it off instead of it's supposed to go up and come down with a parachute. But that would throw it off and it go off at a right angle. And that's like I said, we didn't have a lot to amuse ourselves with back then. Right. Yeah. But what, what burned a hole in your pocket as far as money? What did, what did you end up buying as an adult or a kid, Ernest? Well, as a kid, uh, comic books love comic books i remember sure. uh my grandmother gave me a quarter which was a lot of money back then mm-hmm. and I, I went out to the local roses and bought a world's finest quarterly review world's finest was batman and superman teamed up together it was dc comics and my grandmother asked me what did i spend the quarter on i said comic books and she's i'm so disappointed in you now the problem is if i still had that comic book today it would be worth in the thousands. Unfortunately, I don't. If I'd invested that today, my wife would tell you that I buy too many DVDs. That that money burns my pocket, and I buy too many. I'm still not gotten streaming all the time. I still buy movies for my you, possession. You've not, you've not gone digital yet, and that that leads me to another question I might bring up later. But yeah, yeah, tonight we had to run out quickly to the store for my son. He got some money for the end of end of the school year, good grades, and he was just, you could see in his eyes and his face that he was wanting to spend the money. So we actually went out and he got him a Lego set and he got him a, a space shuttle Lego set. And they're actually in there building it now. But but uh, speaking of gifts and money, um, kind of starts out a couple topics for a lightning round to get our voices and our minds fired up. We're going to do uh, a birthday memories and a birthday paradox. So you will birthdays and board games. So you will. And actually this weekend was very important. I had a birthday day yesterday that's why this topic come to my mind I, I turned 32 years old yesterday and one important fondest memories of my birthdays is I, I share a birthday with my grandfather and if you've ever heard of the birthday paradox um, also known as the birthday problem mathematics and probability uh, if you were in a room of random group of 23 people there's about a 50 percent chance that two people have the same birthday so i've done some research preparing for tonight and i know when ernest's birthday was and i asked paul uh, i'm not going to disclose your age and i know we joke around with it sometimes but uh, just try to think of some of your fondest birthday memories ernest 
I looked it up. You share a birthday. This is my question for you for our lightning round. Ernest, right. you share a birthday with uh, Yao Ming. Or Ernest is a, a September birthday. You share <laughs> a birthday with NBA star Yao Ming, Andrew Luck, or Freddie Freeman. So if you had a birthday, make a wish. So you will, would you shoot some hoops with Yao Ming, throw a football around, and catch a pass from Andrew Luck, or play some catch with Freddie Freeman? Oh, Freddie Freeman in a heartbeat. Right. First of all, I wouldn't understand anything Yao said. Right. And I'm not, I'm not so sure Luck can throw a football these days. Hmm. Yes, that's that's true. That's that's interesting. So Freddie Freeman, then he's Atlanta Braves still, and uh, that's your team, Ernest. Atlanta Braves. Yes. So, so any fond birthday memories that you have that come quickly to your mind, Ernest? My mother, my mother used to always fix me a cake, and it always be a chocolate cake and the candles, and and mm -hmm. and she would put the number of candles, and uh, and I it was just you know the the care. My mother, my wife's family, they didn't ever did a big deal about birthdays and even to this day my family still does a big deal about my birthday even though i've gone through 63 of them and my mother used to all three of her children uh, birthdays were a big deal a party the cake the ice cream and, and she really invested a lot in that and when you grow up like that you think everybody has that but mm -hmm. I, I as i got older i found that some families don't even celebrate birthdays and certainly not uh, as an adult. So that was, that's the one thing I remember is how much time my mother invested in it. Yeah. Was it one of those like chocolate cakes with like 15 to 16 oh, different yeah. layers? Oh, yes. Man, Multiple layers. And the ice cream, always the vanilla ice cream. And had the parties, and my cousins would come over. My brother and sister would be there when they were old enough and neighborhood friends and everything. And it was, it was always a big event. And, and yes. again, she did the same thing. Uh, for my dad's birthday and for my my brother and sister also. So birthdays were big, big events for us. Very nice. So what about you, Paul? I looked up some history. You found out when your birthday was. Actually, this tomorrow, June 1st, uh, makes June being here, and you have a birthday coming up this month. And you didn't really share too many birthdays of what uh, the old reliable Internet and Google could provide me, that uh, you didn't share many birthdays with uh, any famous athletes that I could find, but you did share, you do share a birthday with Toby McGuire and Helen Keller. So <laughs> my wow, thinking is, yeah, are you going to ask if you get an upside down kiss from Toby McGuire? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, let's that would that one think. out. Um. <laughs> which, so on your birthday, if you were to sit back and watch a movie, which Toby McGuire movie would you sit back and watch on your Ooh, birthday? Travis, nice turn. Uh, good hosting there. Um, Toby McGuire, the what is the one Pleasantville where it's all black and white and people yeah. who conformed to everything really led boring lives and people who took chances and really enjoyed the arts, things came alive to them. I think that's my favorite favorite Toby McGuire movie. Um, as far as birthday memories, okay, uh, Dr. Travis, you may need to counsel me a little bit on this one. When I was a little boy, my mom tried several different ways to make special birthdays for me. So uh, when we were out at my grandparents, my grandmother came out dressed as a clown when I was like five or six, and I freaked out. It, it was like the worst makeup job ever, and she came out to give me a hug, and I ran. And then the next year, my mom got somebody to dress up like a huge Winnie the Pooh, and that wasn't working either. Um, so... Later on in life, I always make sure that I'm gone from work on my birthday. I never want birthday parties at all. And probably my favorite right. birthday party was um, when I turned 50, uh, I convinced my wife that she could drive a speedboat and, so that I could water ski. She had never driven a ski boat ever before, um, any boat of any kind. And yet that day she was willing to do it, and I did get up and ski on my 50th birthday up in Sleeping Bear Dunes area where we love to go. And my daughter is a, awesome. a testimony to that. So I have a picture of that. And that's the last time I've water skied, too. I hate to wow. be a showstopper, but I need to ask Paul something. Mm. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't Don Knotts play like the mechanic or something that the in, in Pleasantville? Isn't he like a. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably the He's last a TV thing. repairman that helps make it all happen. And that probably was his last performance, I, I believe. And sorry, of course, Travis doesn't know who Don Knotts is. So he does, maybe. 
Playberry. I've heard the name, but I probably would know the face. So I've got photographic memory. So Three's but Company. I've never seen Three's Company. <laughs> I've never seen Pleasant Barney Vale. I have Fife. to look that up. That kind of yeah, Barney. Okay, but that leads me to the question. Like speaking of movies and the confusion of this podcast, right? Switching gears real quick. Since we've been stay at home and some, we've obviously all been working as well. But have you streamed any home? or excuse me, streamed a new theater to home movies that would have been in theaters. Have you, what's, have you done that? And what movie was it? Uh, I have not. Uh, Vin, the Vin Diesel movie. What is it? The blood bloodshot, which is based on yeah. a comic book, which is well, actually, uh, mediocre. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually I take that back. We did rent uh Sonic, the hedgehog movie uh, a couple weeks ago. And that was very well done. I enjoyed it. That was a, um, childhood bring back memory there with Sonic the Hedgehog. Paul, have you uh, streamed any movies that should have been in theaters that no, you would have gone seen? No, but no? we've okay. been on a movie uh, download binge here with Netflix. My wife's been watching all of the seasons of Longmire, which is a uh, you know Wyoming sheriff, and um, I sort of like him because he doesn't talk too much, which is sort of nice. He just goes and does his business. Um, but Hedgehog, you know that um, they were going to release it and the trial audiences didn't like how short he was. And so they went back and made him bigger and it cost a lot of money. Right, Ernest? Yeah. The animation for Hedgehog himself, I think the teeth scared a lot of people in that respect. And mm-hmm. they went and redid it. And uh, now how was Jim Carrey in that movie, Travis? He was fantastic. He played the like he he brought the comedy in it and the serious that he he was all that Jim Carrey would have brought into a movie and even though he's getting up in his age he still got it you know the kids laughed and enjoyed it you know they didn't know too much about Sonic the Hedgehog but and never played it but he he did an awesome job so that's a good pickup maybe once it gets to a a little bit lower price to stream it exactly from home or catch it in the red box or Netflix whatever so that's it's very good. But that that brings up, well, can I bring up a quick question for both of y'all? Sure. What is, what is the strangest thing that the 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 lockdown with COVID nineteen? What's the strangest thing you've streamed and watched? Oh man, strangest. Strangest. Huh. Y'all need time I, I, to think. I'll start it off. I've not had any strangers, but I had a great, it's been out a while, but me and my wife, we was like going to bed at 1030. Let's turn some TV on and watch some TV. And we just got hooked on, um, never seen it before, but Lincoln Lawyer, awesome movie. It's like, where, where has that been in our lives? All right, all movie. right, all right. All right. Paul? Um, <laughs> sorry. So we, we, that's, we're playing McConaughey. Yeah, we watch um, Tonight Show. We record it and watch it the next day and, um, so Jimmy Fallon had this Australian comedian on, t- on, and she was funny, and I can't remember her name right now. She wrote some TV show called Manet or Manette or something like that. And uh, so I thought maybe I'll check out her comedy routine, and on Netflix I downloaded it. And she had a really interesting uh, theory. She told the audience what she was going to do before she did it. Like she said, I'm going to tell you these type of jokes first, then I'm going to tell you this and then this. And some of it was really funny. Like she said, you know, down in uh, Australia, you know, the thing you put in your car is petroleum. But we call it petrol because we're too lazy to say the whole word. But get to America and you call it gas. It's not even a gas as you define gas. And that was a little funny. But then she swore like anybody's (laughs) sailor. And I was trying to hang in there, but I just couldn't. It was like every other word I wanted to go beep, 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 beep. So that I didn't make very far with that. But she was funny. But yeah. What did you do, Ernest? What did you download? I've got hooked on a TV series called The Doom Patrol, which is kind of like X-Men on acid. It's a DC <laughs> comic that actually is older than the X-Men. And it's, you know, they got the leader, uh, which is in a wheelchair, and it's one of the it's one of the James Bonds. And uh, it's this functionally difficult group of people who have superpowers, and you have a talking cockroach, and you have a wow. uh, uh, the the story 
the narrator is the bad guy and he like does he breaks the fourth wall like oh i missed the last episode can you get me catch up on what happened it is wild and the second season is going to be on hbo max uh, at the end of the month but it is so bizarre and so weird you just can't help but watch it is it starring nice. anybody we would know uh uh brendan fraser for the okay movies uh Again, I forget. It's the the James Bond that didn't last that long. Uh, Dalton, Timothy Dalton. Dalton, Timothy Dalton. Yes, he's in it. Um, and and some other side characters, but it's it's, it's it has Cyborg in it from the Justice League, but it is really bizarre. But you just can't mm-hmm. help but walk away. Mm-hmm. It's. It's, okay. I've got. I would have not watched it if it had been locked up for a while. I'll just put it to you that way. Less. That's great. That's cool. So, from pardon the confusion to to everyone listening, happy birthday! Because there could be a probability and chance that it could be your birthday today. That listen to this podcast. So happy birthday! So, one more quick lightning round. It'll be a little bit quicker than last time, but anyways, uh, here being in locked in with family and kids and whatnot, and even growing up is okay. So. Board games, okay? We are, I think all three of us and all of our hosts are quite competitive guys, you know. Even though we can't watch our sports live and go to, to games, we, we have found ways, you know, be here at the Greer household, right, to be entertained playing board games because we're working from home. We're in front of screens all day. Our kids are entertained watching streaming TV and playing on their devices, and we try to have some family fun game nights, uh, and it get get quite competitive here. In our household. So I'm going to have you, uh, I'm going to start with Ernest, okay? I'm going to throw out some popular games that you may have played in the recent uh, past or haven't never played. So I'm going to go through a list of games. And if you like it and would play it, you say game. But if you would, you hate the game, you've played it before, wouldn't want to play it, you say board, you know, because sometimes board games are boring, right? Board, right? So uh, and there's some of them, man, it's just quite fun to play. And just like you see some in the Walmart and Walmart these days or your local target that some of these games that they have out nowadays for kids, it's just, it's crazy. As uh, one of them's like catching, catching the doo-doo or something like that. It launches a plastic turd up in the sky. Anyway, it's crazy. But these are some of the old classics that we may remember, right? So Ernest, I'm going to start with you. So if you, if you like it, you play game. If you don't, um, you say board, you know, don't, don't want to play it. So number one, Scrabble, board or game? Game. Game, you like that, right? Game. Ernest has a lot of great words. Ernest, he is a walking thesaurus and dictionary. Uh, next up, uh, game of life, Ernest. Uh, no, nah, board. Board. Uh, candy Lane. Board. Or can't, excuse me, Candyland. Yeah, Candyland. Board. board. Please don't say board mystery date. Mystery date. What about Clue, Ernest? Uh, game. Game. All right. In Monopoly. The, in the conservatory with a, a, a hatch. Oh, Monopoly is a Hall of Fame. I mean, it's the it's the Babe Ruth. It's the it's it's the Michael Jordan of board games. And there's so many versions out nowadays, and you got to at least have a blocked off time of at least four hours to play Monopoly. Uh, well, what about Connect Four, Ernest? Board. Board. Sorry. Board. Board. Checkers. Hall of Fame. It's, it's, Hall of the, Fame. it's the Wilt Chamberlain of yeah, game. It's the Wilt yeah, Chamberlain like, of games. Yeah, I like checkers because it's a classic game and you can kind of teach some of the basics of, of following rules and, and keeping your cool, uh, especially with the kids, you know, because they, they learn it. It's the basic games. And Who hasn't, uh, who hasn't played it at a Cracker Barrel while you're waiting to get your table? I know. Just, yes, exactly. And one of their very high dollar rocking chairs that you could purchase for $200, right? Right. But uh, good food, especially sitting beside the fireside at Cracker Barrel. So, um, so last one, Ernest, Jenga. Game. I'm being kind. Game. Game. Kind of. To make it even funner, we could have like the big, like two by four version. Have you seen those before, right? The big. Oh, yeah. Whopping Jenga's. That could no. pretty much injure injure somebody if it falls on you. So, well, great. like a lot of these games, you're always missing a piece. 
Yeah. I mean, so Ernest, you, yeah, you know you're to, always you missing had, a piece. You know how to cheat on Scrabble, don't you? Flip your tile up and claim it's a, a free one. You know, you get the blank tiles, which can be any letter. So you get your tile with a letter, flip it over, and claim it's one of the free tiles. Hmm. Interesting. So if Ernest's family is listening, you, you just keep tabs <laughs> on them next time y'all get together. They already know. Um, so what if oh, yes. already know? So, Paul, what about you? Let's get going down the same list with you, and uh, if you can add in some comments as, as you will. So what about Scrabble, Paul? Board or game? Definitely game. Game. That's the Scrabble. I've, not, I've never played too hey, much of that, actually. But listen, you. my wife, even before I met her, bought one of these Scrabble boards that rotates like a Lazy Susan and has little plastic uh, spot holders so that if somebody nudges it, it doesn't mess up. So we play some serious mm-hmm. Scrabble here. She even has the Scrabble dictionary on her phone. And if we do really nice. well, she takes a picture of it and sends it to our daughter. So we're serious game on Scrabble. Right. And is in the game of Scrabble, is it cheating to use your phone, I guess, and look up or a dictionary? dictionary. It is, yes. and it's okay. supposed to. But there's always that's that the wiggle low, room. There's, that's the lowest of the low. You can challenge if somebody uses right. a word. And if it's not in the dictionary, that's what you use as a reference. And if it's not in the dictionary, they lose their turn, I guess. Uh, that, that's that's nice. international rules there, Paul? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, what about the game of life? A uh, game if game? I'm playing it with my kids. Right. Candyland. Uh, n- no, bored. Definitely bored. Bored. What about Clue? Definitely game. Sometimes we just have fun saying Professor Plum did it with a lead pipe in the library. Just fun. Yeah. Monopoly. Oh, bored. I, I, I suffered through too many Monopoly games as a kid, and it just takes forever. And, um, yeah, no, bored. Heretic. Heretic. Hey. <laughs> Can, what about Connect Four, Paul? It dep- I would say a game if I'm playing with my granddaughter, but anybody else bored. It's the same thing. You can end up, if you're playing another adult, you're, you'd likely end up in uh, a cat situation. This is about every time, you know, right? It's just right. not too much different. They, they've got a new spin on it. We actually saw it tonight when we we're doing some uh, burning in the whole pocket shopping. Uh, they have like a ping pong bounce, you know, uh, connect uh, where you bounce ping pong, sort of like, uh, yeah. Beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's preparing the young generation for their adulthood, right? Um, what about Sorry? We got this game for Christmas, Paul, and it's quite fun. It's been a long time since I played it. I would Sorry. say game. It's been a long time since I played it, but it has some little twist to it. They can yeah. make it fun. It does. It does. And checkers. I will say game. I agree with Ernest. I mean, it's classic. And uh, Ernest, you said Wilt Chamberlain of it's the Wilt Chamberlain of all games because you can jump over people. Is that it? No, just because no. it's old, and a lot of people don't kind of fashion it this old fashioned. But thanks, Travis, you know, for laughing at that bad joke. Appreciate it. Well, <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 speaking of, sorry is the only game that has truth in advertising. <laughs> oh, dude, nice, nice. nice. Uh, and final one, Paul, what about Jenga? I I will say yes. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite, but I'll say game. Yes. Have you ever been a sore loser? And <laughs> yes. Play a prank on somebody and just, just knock it over. Or if you have a cat in the house and here comes runs a cat, whatever. So Yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to encourage you. Hey, just. You know, Ernest laughed right away. So that doesn't tell you anything. Well, when I think about knocking things down, I think of the oldest board game, and that that being chess. Everybody's gotten mad at chess and bumped the the board. <laughs> right. Yeah. My son was like, he saw that the other day. Chess. I said, he says that same thing as checkers. I said, no, you're not quite there yet. You know, you're just getting hang of checkers. You know, and each each piece moves differently uh, uh, in chess. So. But, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, the next time you're getting a little bit of board, grab a board game. I, I would say one of the most violent, it's not necessarily a board game, but it's a family game 
most violent one I have ever played was the game of spoons. Have you ever heard of that, Paul? Mm-hmm. Ernest, you may have. Oh, yeah. I, I have. Uh, I have played Twister, but not in a way that we can talk about on public radio. I'll Twister, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but the game of spoons, if you've been a part of a youth group, Paul, you used yes. to be a, a pastor. I was as well working with youth. The game of spoons can be violent. You could break a finger, break yeah. a hand, and it's, that's a fun game. You know, it's exciting. So um, this is not the egg on the spoon thing, the relay. No, no, no. No. Okay. You play, you get a deck of cards, and you should, of course, shuffle them. You be, so if there's five players, you put four spoons in the middle, okay? And if you you rotate the cards around, and if you get like three of a kind, I believe it is, you holler out spoons, and everybody then that's like engages everybody to grab a spoon. It's sort of like musical chairs. If you don't get a spoon, you're out, or something like that. Been a long time time since I played it, but nonetheless, uh, let's get into some sports of what we can. And uh, Ernest, you brought this up, and I think it's a good perspective as we talk about uh, Major League Baseball starting up the NBA soon. Uh, we've not yet thought of minor league baseball uh, being in jeopardy of all the, the kind of the small town, you know, small cities in our nation and how that is impacting the local economy and, and ultimately could impact uh, what we see on the field uh, at the major league. Right. So the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, he, he just announced not too long ago that they're potentially planning on reducing the number of uh, minor league affiliate teams um, due to the outbreak of COVID and uh, being able to support and manage uh, the finances and keeping things operational at the local level. And uh, so with this pandemic, we know that it has put everything to a grinding halt, you know, and the things I think about is with these minor league teams in our nation, they, they have culture. And we've talked about it here on the podcast before the culture and the family atmosphere and how it does bring, bring a just, uh, a light into a small city. And I think of a place like uh, Kinston here in North Carolina, I forget which County it is in exactly, but you know, that city has really just come alive based on having a new ball team there and uh, some great, you know, local food restaurants. But anyways, minor league baseball teams are the economic engine of some of these small cities. You have business advertising and so forth. So Ernest, you brought this up. What is your perspective on, uh, the future of minor league baseball across our nation. Well, as, as usual, major league baseball is being short-sighted and trying to save money on the people who can afford it less. Uh, today is the last day minor league baseball players will be paid this year. The majority of them. This is their last paycheck. The average salary for a minor league baseball is $1,100 a month. And with all the fighting with major league baseball and all the struggles, they seem to be being the worst. And teams are taking disparate routes to that. A lot of them are cutting players and and eliminating their contracts. Uh, There there are a few teams, the Marlins, the Padres, the Mariners are going to pay them for the entire year. The Braves are going to play, pay them until the end of June. But a lot of them, this is the last paycheck. And there was a movement last year, Major League Baseball wanted to eliminate 42. Now they're looking about eliminating 60 teams. And behind this is a business strategy because minor league baseball is independent of major league baseball. Major league baseball wants to reduce costs. And again, instead of worrying about the million dollar contracts to give the players, they're hurting guys. Minor league baseball players really make less than minimum wage when you look at the time they invest in playing. And they want to get control over minor league baseball. They want to operate the teams. They're going to eliminate all the short season teams a few of the teams with older uh, uh, older types of stadiums in that respect. And here in North Carolina, we have the second most minor league teams. We have 10. California has the most. But it's entertainment for a lot of these communities. You're right, Fayetteville, where you work at, uh, downtown was brought to life by a new ballpark that was uh, opened last year in that respect. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, they've reduced the draft. Normally the draft runs 40 rounds. This year, they're going to go five because if in the past, if somebody was drafted in the fifth round, the average contract was from 250000 to 300000 for a bonus mm-hmm. first-year salary. If they're free agents, they can sign them for less than 20000 
So instead of getting their house in order and not issuing contracts to players who no longer can play, they're hurting a vast majority of players. Now, the teams that eliminate will go into something called the perfect league. They'll be undrafted ball players, but they will get no support from minor league baseball or major league baseball to exist. Huh. Paul, I mean, you've got, I know you've frequented quite a few minor league teams. And even though you live in the shadow of a major league team, I know there are quite a few there in Michigan that have been very successful. Yeah. Um, it is a shame. I, I think this is the wrong move, but I was doing a little research, Travis, cause you were nice enough to give us an advance and the initial 40 that they were going to cut. Um, most like Ernest said are rookie leagues or short season league teams. And, um, when I look at that, I don't only see a few in North Carolina, Bur- Burlington Royals. But then I was going through here and said, wow, they're cutting a, four double-A teams. And I've actually been to the Chattanooga Lookouts. And it's not the greatest stadium, but what I'm more surprised is the Lexington Legends. I've also been to that as well. And it's a nice stadium in Lexington. And it's just such a community builder. I don't see any real huge teams on this list right now, but... I'm curious, Ernest, if I name the double-A teams, do you have hats for all these teams that they're going to try to get rid of? Do you have the – have... here, I'm just going to go through them real quick. The... I have the look counts, and oh. I have the uh, – the um, Legends? Snappers. The, I have a Legends hat. But do you I have, have the Bingham Rumble pon- Ponies? No, that's the new team. The Erie Seawolves? No, I don't have those. Jackson Generals? No, they, they have a real line. Lancaster Jethawks? What a name. No. The no, Daytona they, no, don't Tortugas? Tortugas? Now, I wish I did. That is a nice one. A Florida see, Fire Hogs? Uh, Fire Frogs. All right, yes. Frederick Fire Keys? No, I do have a Keys. I've been to games in Fred. Some of these places like have historical significance, like the uh, Jackie Robinson Field is where the Tortugas play, and that's where Jackie Robinson played. What first is a Tortuga? Game. It's the Spanish for turtle. Oh, oh. Uh, that I've heard that term in Pirates of the Caribbean movie before. Yes, and I, and I didn't know that. So yeah, fire frog or is a species that you find in Florida that have a they secrete a uh, poison out of their eyes. Interesting. Rumble ponies is a uh, Western New York phrase for uh, the merry-go-round horses. But isn't this cool? Which are actually all these names, though. That's what I love. Them. Oh yeah. And you yeah, like the lug nuts in, but the lug nuts in Michigan are not on this list. No, now, but there's some flexibility because Congress has got into this, and one of the teams that were uh, the Staten Island Yankees were one of the ones uh, targeted. And the two representatives from that area, the, the senator and the, the House of Representatives, tried to pass a bill that they would eliminate the Charleston River Dogs, which is wow. a Yankee uh, affiliate just like the Staten Island Yankees are. So there's a lot of fighting and trading and all this. It's, it's all about money. And again, you're, you're talking about, and I hate to belabor the fact, is the poorest paid individuals are the mm-hmm. ones that suffer, you know. These guys think it nothing is. about giving a contract to uh, Albert Pujols, who was, you know, basically out of his, he aged out, or to a right. Bryce Harper when they could have, you know, two million off of Bryce Harper's contract would have paid all the minor league salaries for everybody in the Phillies, and and uh, some people have stepped up too because. Uh, David Price with the Dodgers is paying $1,000 out of his pocket for every Dodger minor leaguer. So some guys, awesome. some guys recognize the injustices done. And what worries me, both of you guys, if we go a season without minor league baseball and we cut the draft to five rounds, where are the ball players from the next five years going to come from? I mean, baseball shooting themselves in the foot. I think so too. And as we've talked about before, I mean, major league and their the minor league teams, they've had the, the most success, successful model as having uh, those minor league teams and, and, you know, 
preparing young athletes to come up to the to the majors and you know we've had the xfl and uh you know nfl trying to do the same thing and it's failed i just wonder if if you know some of these minor league teams will will eventually back uh you know bounce back in the next coming years and my thinking of it was there something to come to my mind was i never knew there was 40 rounds of the mlb draft and and i thought it's like hmm i missed that the last person drafted in nfl uh, they name him Mr. Irrelevant. What could be the, the 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 term that they have for the last person drafted in MLB? Do they have a term for that person as well? well you, usually, it's they do it. They don't <laughs> term, but they do it for like a guy's friends. If somebody in the front office has a a friend of his and his son plays, like the most famous case is Mike Piazza, and Mike Piazza, his dad knew Tommy Lasorda, and Mike mm-hmm. Piazza was drafted in the 40th round. And he was only drafted as a favor. Tommy La, uh, Tommy Larosa uh, was a friend of his dad, so it was a favor. So I'll draft your son in the last round because these guys aren't going to stick. And normally speaking, when you it graduates, but like in single high A, you're looking at three guys are going to make the major leagues out of that. Now you get up double A as a higher percentage because triple A is usually a lot of guys on the way down. Double A is where you get the higher percentage of guys that are going to be in the pros right. but again you, you're carrying you're killing your feeding system of future sure. players exactly. basketball and football have college hockey has yep. the junior system and has a minor league system which has been successful and i, I kind of i mean i love baseball paul and i have an age group that we grew up watching baseball and and it seems like baseball keeps shooting themselves in the foot and they're still relevant, but I kind of wonder how many more times they can do stupid things like this. And we're exactly. getting to a point where if they don't get an agreement done pretty soon, Major League Baseball, we're not going to have baseball this year. And if we go a year without baseball, it will become totally irrelevant. It could. It could. Yeah. It could be. Nick, they like don't play NASCAR as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, and NASCAR overexpanded. But if baseball doesn't play this year, next year is the last year of the agreement yeah. between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. And that means either the players are going to, if there's no agreement in place by next March, the owners mm-hmm. are going to shut them out or the players are going to go on strike. And Paul will tell you from what we saw in 95, because the only thing that saved them in 95 was Cal Ripken. If they do, if they go stupid and they closed up shop again, baseball as we know it will be totally irrelevant. Paul, don't you agree? If they do, if they do, uh, act stupid up to a degree. Yeah, up to a degree. I think that um, what I don't like about the most of this is that kids fall in love with baseball when they go with their parents to a game and they see sort of the. <laughs> The mystique of it all. And I think, Travis, that a lot of these teams, if the major leaguers say, you know, we don't want you anymore, they're going to be independent leagues popping up. Um, and more and more in Michigan, north of Detroit, there's several independent leagues that have sprung up. And, you know, the love of these teams, depending on how long they've been around, will probably keep them going if they can connect with enough other teams. But, Ernest, I think the point is, who are who owns these teams? Does Major League Baseball own these teams? I don't think they do. No, they're, uh, it's all under the major league, minor league uh, um, commission, which is out of St. Petersburg, Florida. But I think Major League Baseball wants to own them. And the value of them, you could purchase a minor league single-A team back in the 80s for $5,000. And all of your double-A AA and triple-A franchises are worth in excess of a million dollars right now. Some even more depending on the location. Like the, the Durham Bulls, Durham Bulls are worth a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand million, uh, 100 million, excuse me. Oh, okay. So this is big business. And I think- like, Ernest, you baseball, didn't jump on that back in the eighties. That's, that's, that's pretty cheap. Back in the eighties, $5,000. You should have jumped on it. Would have maxed out my credit card. Couldn't have pulled that off. Wish I had. <laughs> But nobody thought to see the explosion because now I'm gonna give you all a little history lesson. Back in the 50s, there were 700 minor league teams. You had Class D, Class C, Class B, A, AA, AAA, all that. And when ball games started being broadcast on television in the late 50s, that killed a lot. The small communities that I I frequent, 
Lumberton and Rockingham had minor league teams in the 50s. But TV killed that. And no one ever thought we'd see this explosion because they've reinvented themselves. And, and Paul, you know, the, the teams that you've seen, there's extra entertainment. There's playgrounds for the kids. There's mascots. There are these, you talked about the names, the logos, idiots like me buy the hats with these logos. And that's big right. business. And Major League Baseball wants a piece of the pie. Exactly. But, you, you know, all this is, this is good, and I, and I hope we can can get through this stage. But one thing that is looking a little bit clearer for us, Paul and Ernest, is the return of the NBA. And uh, I believe we're all a little bit excited about that. And on Friday, the NBA commissioner, uh, Mr. Silver, right, he, he announced and shared that they're potentially wanting to come back July 31st. Okay? And there's uh, four different scenarios that they brought to the table, and I just kind of want to know, uh, what scenario, uh, spend about maybe 10, 10 minutes on this, guys, and what scenario do you would you like to see? The scenarios are as this. There's 16 teams directly into the NBA playoffs or 20 teams into a group stage play, whatever that means, or those details. Then there's 22 teams, uh, games. Those games determine the seeding for a play-in tournament to, to determine the final seeds of the NBA playoffs. And the final scenario is 30 teams. There are 72 regular season games with a play-in tournament. So that seems to me like everybody there gets to, gets a chance to play. So what do you think is most feasible to finish and put a capstone on this NBA year, Paul? I'm going to go with 22. And I do like the mm-hmm. idea of them playing in uh, Disney World. Um because they're already talking that they can bring their families along a limited number of their families can come with them. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be, uh, I think a nice, uh, format and the players, it's going to be their own little world down there. They're not going to deal with as many fan interruptions. They're not going to have to deal with many media interruptions, I think. And I like that idea. Now I really am struck by the comparison of the major sports here. Hockey players want to get back to playing. Uh, NBA mm-hmm. players want to get back. And baseball is so dysfunctional, it, you can just see it. Um, and I like the idea that NBA players are saying we can do this. And I think every week we're trying to get a better grip on what this whole virus really is. And until we have a vaccine, right. we're not going to have total or at least a majority sense of like it's being taken care of. Um, but I like the idea right. of the NBA players, let's finish it. But I think anything beyond 22 is bringing in teams that really don't have a chance and let them rest up, have better draft picks for next year. I think that just makes sense mm-hmm. all the way around. How about you, Ernest? Well, you know why they want to go 22 or 30 is they want to get Zion on TV. Right. But, ratings, and, TV ratings. And, and, you know, as a Hornets fan, I, I'm going, yeah, I'd love the 22 because the Hornets get in or the 30 Hornets. But realistically, because they're talking about a two-month period of time of doing this. And if they do two months, I would rather them pick the best 16, irregardless of conference. We don't have to worry about geographic location because they're all playing in the same location. So take the top 16. I don't care if it's five out of the East and how many out of the West, 22 or 16, whatever, have the top 16 uh, play five, best out of five, the first two rounds. But if, if we're going to treat this like a legitimate championship, I want to see the finals, the conference finals, and the championship play best of seven. And I think to do that in two months, you can only go top 16. I'd love to see the Hornets in a playoff and say they're in a Horn- playoff, but no. If we're going to be playing the championship seventh game on October 10th, let's just let the, I mean, three fourths of the season came through. We know what the best teams are. The only teams that were within five games of the last playoff were in the West and Memphis played good enough the entire year long. I don't want to lessen their accomplishments by putting them in some playoff or some round Robin tournament, take the top 16. If you do that, New Orleans will get in and you'll get Zion on playoff games and, and ESPN and ABC and TNT and TBS will be very happy. Yeah, I, I agree. If you get too many teams in there and include all 30 or, or even 22, you you know, these teams haven't 
been together and, and they haven't been able to practice and get in their groove and have that, uh, that, that connectedness. I think you would just see too much sloppy play and you, you wouldn't, you know, we'd be happy to see it back on the court, but it just wouldn't be the, 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 the prime product that we would hope to see. And, and now there's, um, there's one thing, Travis, that you didn't talk about this part of this, that they're voting on Friday is is that they will start the next season on Christmas Day? Yeah, that was that just popped in my mind to to ask you guys well what would be the plans for next season because typically bas- basketball starts in October or September is that correct? Camps open up about the, the second or third week in September is when camps open gotcha. up. So they part of this agreement for this plan, all three mm-hmm. the thirty, the twenty two, or the sixteen is uh, that. Christmas Day will be opening day. Now, Paul, uh, how do you feel about getting away with geographic locations and just seating them one through 16? Um, I think there is, uh, you know, if you say, hey, it doesn't matter which East or West you played in, we'll just take the top 16 schedules. I don't think that's fair because some teams have played tougher schedules because of the division they play in. I don't mind the 16 and let them go at it. But the, another point I wonder about is, and you guys are both in public health, what happens when the first star, uh, even though they're down there and they're being tested, what happens when the first star gets COVID and it happens? And then what? It's, you know, does does everything stop or does it keep on going? Um, uh, it, it, it's a point where what happens if a kid and one, you know, the star, like LeBron James's son, gets COVID? And it, you find out, does that mean LeBron's out? So any way you look at this, can you really compare it to a regular championship? I don't think you can. Well, the, the, no, the plan I, I is, yeah, the plan is that they're going to be sequestered in in a bubble uh, from mid June till the game start in in July thirty first. And if no one else comes in, that means the uh, timers, the officials, everybody will be on the campus there at Wide World of Sports. And so uh, I would imagine if someone it would be hard if they don't have contact with anybody, they would be eliminated and that team would be eliminated from the championship. Yeah, I would say they sh- they would shut it down real quick if there was a COVID confirmation. I mean, the NBA was just about, if I remember correctly, all the way back in March, they were the one of the first leagues to shut it down and call it quits and uh i just I, I hope it i hope it all works well and that you know we're here in the summertime and and sports can get back in action and but you just never know i mean being in public health you just you have to do what's best for for the health of everybody and just think about above and beyond uh, we, we have some test cases with kbo in the bundalista in the bundalista you've had several players on their second division, which have tested, and they have just removed those particular players and put them in, in quarantine and continue to test the other players on that team. No one has tested positive in KBO. But again, that, that's going to be the these leagues that are opening, like the Premier League is opening the 18th, and I think La Liga is opening up the 20th. Those are going to be the test samples that I think there's going to be enough at least a month period to observe these European and Asian leagues and Japanese baseball is opening up the 21st to see mm-hmm. like if they run into a situation like this, how they handle that and applying that knowledge to the NHL and the NBA and down right. the road, the NFL. So to put a bow on this, you know, it's just, this is all just up in the air. We'll be mentioning it, you know, it's hard to plan and think two, three, uh, weeks ahead of time, but you got to make plans. And I, hopefully you guys and all, all of our listeners are have made plans and try to go about normal life. And my last question for you to think about and for you guys to answer, uh, as our states and our municipalities and cities start to open up, you know, I've not uh, frequented a restaurant and sat in at a restaurant year, yet here in North Carolina, but, you know, even though I could, I just don't feel quite that safety in this to do yet. So whenever you feel the urge and everything's a green and go, what is the first restaurant that you go to to sit down and get your good grub? You know, this is a good topic to end on because food connects us all, and it's always great to talk about food. 
So, Paul, what's the first restaurant that you've you've been missing and you're going to go get some grub at? Oh, that's a tough choice, man. Um, So restaurants we can't take out or it's very hard to do takeout, basically, right? Sure. All right. So um, there's a place called Blue Tractor Barbecue in downtown Ann Arbor. And it has great barbecue, anything from brisket to ribs to... Uh, pork to beef and um, it's just awesome but what I really love about it it's one of the few places up north where the grits are awesome they have some cheese grits that I just wow. oh man just awesome they good collard greens good cornbread um, man that's what I want I want to go down to Blue Tractor and just pick out man I'm going to get like the three meat combo and go at it so you get a little bit of taste of the south up there and Michigan oh, that you've experienced here before. Man, I spent that seventeen good. years I in the South. I mm, the food is just unbelievable. I can I can I hope you all can smell barbecue that in, mm-hmm. the, in the air right now. I know I do. What about you, Ernest? Where's your, where's where's you going to hit up and eat next time you well, sit down in a restaurant? Well, we're in stage two, so we have some restaurants with social distancing rules that are already open here in Richmond County, and the only. <sighs> I just like to go someplace where fries aren't soggy because all the takeouts that I've gotten since it's gone in place and boy, does this sound petty is, you know, there's no way you can box up French fries and they're fresh after you've traveled 15, 20 minutes. They're always greasy and soggy. So I just want to go somewhere and get fresh, fresh French fries. Uh, There's a brisket place here in downtown Rockingham that is, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, even though we can do it right now, I'm I'm going to be extra cautious. It may be the fall before I actually step in a restaurant. Right. I'm, I'm going to still take out probably, but I'd really like some fresh fries. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say uh, we have a really good, uh, I don't know. I didn't think, take time to think of it as you guys were talking, but uh, man, I just, we've, we've done some takeout and, I would say I'm an Italian guy. I'd love to go sit down and enjoy some fresh Italian at Olive Garden. I know that's not all, true, authentic, but it so, sort of is. But I love some Olive Garden, some chicken parmesan, some uh, eggplant, eggplant parmesan, and the breadsticks with some marinara sauce. So, but uh, but yeah. So as we wrap up here tonight, guys, uh, Paul and Ernest will give you a, maybe a minute each to give your final words, and we'll sign off. Um, I'm quick. I'm going to give some time to Paul. Shout out to Elon Musk and the fine folks at NASA, including my sister, the success of uh, SpaceX, uh, first manned space flight from the U.S. in nine years. And I'd just like to give a shout out for Travis stepping up to the plate tonight, doing a great job for hosting. So thanks, Travis. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. I truly enjoyed it. And as I finish off, as we started, I just want to thank all my family for a wonderful birthday weekend. And hopefully you've listened to all the way through. And speaking of the space theme, and as Ernest mentioned, and as we talked about before, take some time as we're here at home and have this kind of uh, quarantine time. Take it, take some time to step outside, and if you're not in the city, and just just look up, look at the stars, and and just just marvel what what there is, and just think about those guys up there in space and what they're doing. It's just it's it's a miracle, to be honest with you, and just just marvel at what's up there and. But we appreciate you tuning in tonight to uh, pardon the confusion and, and feel free to, uh, to share and email Paul and uh, join us next time on pardon the confusion. <laughs>